0: Yummy! That's the sound of commitment, my friend. That's the sound of an endorsement waiting to happen. That is the sound of Dark Arts Coffee, which I offered to you as you walked in the door and you turned it down.
1: Did you hear that? Click, 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 click!
0: It's down to the fact that we're not recording early in the morning, we're recording in the evening, and since it's past 12 o'clock, that means that Tom is allowed to drink.
1: Yeah, any time before 12 is a little bit... um, I mean, it's just immoral.
0: Yeah, but it does make me question your commitment to this podcast, to Dark Arts Coffee.
1: Uh, Speaking of commitment to to this podcast, hang on a second. Speaking of commitment to this
0: podcast, do
1: we do we know what scheduling is? Have we got that far yet?
0: No. Well, we tried it, but then we realised that we're just such busy individuals. We've got a lot of things to do. (laughs) We tried it it worked. It did work. I don't know why we stopped. Like, it worked really well, but we just gave effort. up. It, it was, was a lot, lot of effort.
1: Edit. It was a lot, yeah. Uh, but yeah, we have been busy, haven't we?
0: Yeah. Um, well, we've been throwing, throwing shapes in the church of dance, Yeah. for one. yeah. I don't think I've moved that much. In a long time. So we had the That's, wedding. Uh, yeah. We couldn't... Uh, our friend um, got married at the weekend.
1: Yeah. Congratulations, Liam and Katie.
0: And I almost feel... I mean, I don't i don't want to make it about us, but I'm going <sighs> we to. We did. but <laughs> I think we did at the <laughs> time. We, called, we cleared that dance floor. Um, but it almost, as I was driving there, as we were driving to to the wedding, it almost felt like... You know how you, the, the parents send off their child and they're like, what new chapter yeah. this is? Yeah. I almost felt like that was a new chapter... For our entire friendship group, uh, do any of uh, our close, close friends that we see on a regular basis are they married or have kids? Uh, no, thankfully. No, yeah. Otherwise, there'd be one what round. Kids they? would be like fucking hell. Could you imagine what our what our combined testicles would produce? I don't even Very want to little. think about it. Very Fuck little. ugly children.
1: Yeah, something from Stranger Things. Yeah. That would be strange. Things. Stranger (laughs) Things things will happen. Yeah. Uh, Which I finished the other day. Did you? Oh, I haven't seen it yet. I mean, I'm, I'm up to episode three and I'm really enjoying it. I'm really Mm. enjoying the Sweet Valley highness of it.
0: Yeah. Um, It's just, I didn't, I didn't enjoy season two much at all. That
1: was a real slog.
0: Yeah. And that whatever the fuck the episode was when they showed up in like Chicago or something and then no one gave a shit whatsoever, yeah. Yeah. especially not I.
1: Yeah, that was some George R. Martin miswriting note, <laughs> Um But yeah, anyway, congratulations, Liam and Katie. You were the fundamental reason as to why we didn't uh, broadcast last week. So thanks very so much. So send your that. hate
0: mail to Kara carer uh Katie then. uh
1: need. Do you know what? I, ne- I nearly didn't get home that night. Oh,
0: really? Yeah. Well, when I left you, you were propping up your partner in the yeah. uh, in the driveway. Yeah. How, I think it was mutual. How responsible
1: was I, though? Like, I stopped drinking uh, at about nine o'clock. Did you? Yeah. I didn't notice. Yeah, yeah, I stopped drinking. Uh, I was too busy dancing. <laughs> I literally sweated out all of the alcohol that was in me throughout the day.
0: I think I did in my knees. Like, I've got, <laughs> I think I have a bit of tendinitis anyway. on the floor? <laughs> yeah, I had a bit of tendinitis anyway, but I think it did, I think it flared it up more than... Really? More than it needed to be. It ex- mm. Exacerbated the situation.
1: Um, so our taxi didn't arrive. It got to... 11. It didn't? No. So I got outside. Did you pay up front? No, I, I confirmed it online. Oh, okay. To pay in cash. You're going to love this. Um, so I got out. Jenna is absolutely steaming. She's steaming. <laughs> um, <laughs> fucking steaming, man. The- there was a taxi waiting and I was like, oh, hi, is it uh, for Tom? And he was like, <laughs> uh, no, mate, it's for Rebecca. And I was like, well, I'm sure we'll Round be on three. our way in a minute. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll, I was already in the car. <laughs> That's me. Um, so then it got past 11 o'clock and it didn't come. So I called the taxi rank and they were like, I was like, hi, I confirmed this uh, booking uh, midway through the week uh, under the name Tom and um, and uh, I booked it for 11 o'clock and I was just wondering whether you were on your way and they were like, "Uh, what's your name and number again? So I gave him my details and he was like, no, we have nothing under that and I was like, well, I have the confirmation email that Mm -hmm. I can read out to you now saying that you'd be on your way he was like, where are you going again? and I was like, oh, going back to this and he was like, we would, literally in his words we would never have accepted that journey (laughs) I was like oh right so you had just driven off Is uh... all the while Jenna is in the background is going what the fuck is going on in a <laughs> fucking taxi Tom <laughs> <laughs> where are we like this um just at that moment where I thought we were going to be stranded um our one of our very good stinky friends uh, Jamie Stark fuck um, off did he Oh, it took a bit of persuasion. I'll did tell you he? that. Yeah. Did you um, give him money? I gave him all of the money in my wallet. Oh, okay. Yeah. He literally <laughs> <laughs> He literally did me. Did you in. Win? Yeah. With but thank you very Jamie, I know you're listening to this. <laughs> uh thank you very much for that lift home. If it wasn't for you we would still be there and um wasn't
0: he wasn't he taking another pipe boy yeah he was well? yeah he
1: was yeah. <laughs> that part of, man of, the, man of the hour <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the man of the year yeah. <laughs>
0: um
1: hey um i saw you went to uh crypt of the wizard again and you picked up a copy of unlawful assembly by our dear friends in uh dorm raid
0: i did indeed um, i picked up that as well as um neckbeard, neckbeard. what's her name is it Neckbeard, Def Camp? Yeah. 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 So I speaking of I haven't actually listened to any of those records because they're my You haven't record. listened to your friend's record? I've got digital copies of it, right. but I haven't listened Greetings, to Greetings, action-
1: comrades, by the way.
0: <laughs> comrades, <laughs> brothers. Um, but we, we, well, my record player is currently being fixed at the moment, so I haven't had a chance to listen to it. But when I did it, bring up both of those records, because it was a toss-up, between Cossack, it's a toss-up between that or Inquisition. So I had to. <laughs> so I had to.
1: I don't. Why, why didn't you phone it in? <laughs> <laughs>
0: but I. But I took it up you get to in the, the co- counter. T-
1: touch it broadly and be like, yeah. uh, can you just send me a copy, please?
0: I bought one of their. I bought one of their long sleeves. And I think he deals with the merch. And he was like, why didn't you just say that you wanted one? I would have sent you one out. And yeah, you're I was a like, madman. Nah, man, I'm, I'm supporting businesses. Yeah. Supporting small independent artists.
1: What's your What's your opinion on that? Uh, do you, like, in terms of, like, in-band swapping and, like, merch swaps? And we've done that in the past, right?
0: It's fine. It's a bit different. It depends on whether your band is big enough. not big, Not necessarily big enough. Yeah, it is big enough. Whether your (laughs) band is big enough to have enough merch that you know that you're going to sell enough to then be able to pay back what you already owe, not bothered about profit, or you're just merch swapping fucking merch that you didn't pay for, one particular member of my band, who then just gives it out, to merch swap with other bands, and then Muggins here is the one who paid for it all himself, which is the scenario that did happen on one of my last tours, which is when I paid for all the T-shirts to get printed up, and the agreement was all the money first comes back to me, and then any profit gets shared equally between the band members, because that's how we do it Socialism. in communist <laughs> Russia. Yeah. Um But however, the fucking Paris Hilton fucking metal socialite in my band at the time, which was just like, yeah, everyone, have a T-shirt. Everyone, have a T-shirt. And I was like, they were people who were willing to pay for it. But Mm -hmm. that was just a girl who you wanted to impress. But hey, man,
1: maybe that's even more communist than what you're trying to, like, push on people.
0: We live in a neoliberal society, and I will be fucking damned... We don't live in a uh, neoliberal society. I will be damned, sir... You shut your mouth. If someone's going to take my heart earned money away from me, it's supply and demand. They demand it. I supply it for free, apparently.
1: Yeah. Um, but, you know, I remember a show that we did um, years ago uh, at the Black Heart. And I think, what were we playing with? Is it Glasses? Yeah. Do you remember that band? Did they ever play like, in the UK? Black, do I dare I say, Blackened Hardcore. Um, I fucking hate that. Uh, Something know, along black the lines and of that. It was like crusty. Yeah, they were good.
0: It's like crusty. Yeah, the singer The singer married the guitarist from Black Breath.
1: Yeah. I got particularly drunk uh, that night. Oh, that's a fucking surprise. You look so surprised. <laughs> uh, I got drunk that I night. Shit myself. And just, <laughs> just before that, and I cried <laughs> in her arms. Um, just before that, and I was like, hey, uh, really, I was like pretty blown away that night by their performance. It was really fucking good and I was just like hey sorry, right, they're not to, bad anymore
0: you got to talk shit on the movie you swap
1: want to swap some merch want to swap some merch can I have some of your merch Um and she was like yeah yeah it's fine we'll deal with it at the end by yeah. the end of the show I was quite drunk so I went up to her <laughs> again and I was like hey you
0: ready to give me a t-shirt
1: are
0: <laughs> <laughs> you dribbling as
1: well <laughs> oh, I'm surprised I can even I woke up in the t-shirt I was like oh, well wow. <laughs> clearly it worked <laughs>
0: well it was all worth the embarrassment then
1: yeah that band. That band's clearly worth all the embarrassment. <laughs> also, the polar opposite thing could happen. If your band is dog shit and no one likes them, give away all the merch that you can. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah, you're going to be but- sitting on that stock for a very long time. It's like
0: when you make music free for uh, free on Bandcamp. I'd like, pay what you want. Like, your yeah, band is shit. People might as well just have it to listen to. Like Did you hear that,
1: Tom York? <laughs> He's talking to you. <laughs> He's not talking to you. You're amazing. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Right, let's uh, let's talk about what's going on. Yeah, you begin. Very I quick- want you to begin. Okay, fine. Very, very quickly. I do. Have you heard about this whole? Uh, is it John Joseph and thing. Oh, well, talking show. Um, funny. Um, so funny, um, yeah. on Martine.
0: Yeah, I he mean, I love John Joseph anyway. Yeah, he's
1: fucking hilarious. Yeah,
0: I follow him religiously on Instagram, and he is incredibly entertaining. But Cro-Mags are one of the greatest all time. So yeah. Yeah. And
1: the story is just like a cherry on top for them, like a little, a lovely little uh, inside <laughs> little footnote for <laughs> that. If they did a bio of Chromex, it wouldn't even make it into the chapters, just be a footnote. So I told the guy to attain to not fucking sit next to me and covered in huge, like animal blood. Um, Fucking <laughs> so funny. Yeah.
0: I mean, I yo, wouldn't want to me, dog. Yeah, wouldn't wanna fuck with John Joseph. Yeah, I wouldn't want to fuck with John Joseph. No, yo. even when he's making that yo, fucking. Is that the only chair? You're not yeah. fucking
1: sitting next to me, dog.
0: Even when even when he's making that five layer yeah. deep vegan lasagna, I don't want to yeah. fuck with John Joseph. Yeah, yeah. yo, like
1: yo like I'm playing crap you. side of here.
0: <laughs> he's gonna <laughs> smack you
1: with a spatula. There's two things you know, right now: Jack and shit, and Jack F <laughs> town. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I love that. Anyway, let's let's talk about actual real news. real news, important
0: um, things that really important matter. important <laughs> things.
1: Yeah, uh, have you heard about I hate God? No, I haven't. This is this is really gnarly. Uh, so, I hate God were forced to cancel their performance on July the seventh in. Um, <coughs> Guadalajara, Guadalajara in Mexico. Well uh, I th- fuck it, do it. <laughs> Mike Seatown is better than me at pronouncing blackmail things. And this is just a Mexican thing. It's not blackmail. <laughs> uh, so after uh, drummer drama, Aaron Hill was attacked with a knife and robbed. Uh, he was assaulted by three men and a woman near the venue they were scheduled to play, uh, which was the Forum Independence. Uh, in- according to, I don't want to laugh, according to Informador... <laughs> Dot I don't know, it just because it sounds like Conquistador
0: kind of. Way. Um so Hill cho- According to Club Mexicano.
1: <laughs> According to Mezcal Limited, um, so Hill chose to walk to the venue prior to the show, uh, because the band's hotel was nearby and I think they'd been like travelling around all day. Um Along the way, he was confronted by uh, four people who attacked him. He suffered a five centimetre gash on his left side from the knife and his belongings were taken, but apparently uh, he's doing fine at the moment. Uh, However, what I found quite interesting was um, the show's promoter's response to this incident. Uh, The promotion team was uh, Show No Mercy and they made a statement on Facebook regarding the incident. Uh, So it goes like this. It says today as Aaron Hill walked down to the venue, he suffered a robbery. Uh, they have a driver at their disposal, but they'd been touring in the city all afternoon. So we preferred to walk to the venue because his toaster hotel is very close. When four people two blocks away intercepted him and took his belongings. while one of them threatened him with a five centimeter wound to his left side. He is well. However, it was not possible to continue with the show. Hmm. Um, this is where it gets a bit funny. Um, it is worth mentioning that uh, neither Foro Independencia, Yeah, hold well on, ...nor SNM, nor Aaron are responsible for this event. It's kind of like, a, hey, man, we had nothing to do with this, <laughs> man. Um, so it's not possible that you cannot... It is not possible that you cannot walk safely on the street ready to enjoy your Sunday. We appreciate the support of Red, Cross, uh, Red Cross, uh, and the police for... Essential. All right, John Joseph, Yeah. yeah. Uh, during the week, we'll let you know uh, the refund process. But uh, it seemed like everyone was like, "Hey, this wasn't us, and everything's fine. He just got stabbed, and he got <laughs> robbed, but everything's fine."
0: Well, what can you do? You're in Mexico. There's a reason why there's a uh, there's wow. a wall being built. Wow, Jesus, Matt. Yeah. It's all right. We're getting adhere to the yeah.
1: stereotype there.
0: It's all right. We're getting into international politics. So, yeah. um, and this is uh, something that's actually going to come up in my. Use piece. I feel like you just said that this one's a rough one, but I kind of feel like I'm going to trump you with this one.
1: Okay. Trump and Mexico being the
0: the words. How
1: high is that wall you're going to be building right now for me to try and penetrate? <laughs> just through. volley over.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, for me, I have to talk about. Are you familiar with the band Confess? Um, I'm familiar with
1: the weird lawsuit thingy that's going on to confess, but yeah. I
0: don't know the full details, I'm sure you do. So, members of Iranian band Confess have been sentenced to 14 plus years in an Iranian prison and 74 lashes for playing heavy metal. Uh, <sighs> Jesus Christ. Do we really want to comment on uh, other still, no, countries? Like, <laughs> No,
1: I don't want to comment on that.
0: Um, the Iranian, well, start thinking up some jokes now because we've got to lighten the mood on this one. Uh, the Iranian metal duo made up of uh Nikan Nikan Kosravi and yeah, perfect, Arash Perfect Iqhani, uh, were arrested in November 2015 by the army of the Guardians of Islamic Revolution.
1: What, what's the abbreviation? What is that? AG
0: AG guru. A oh, The funny we side, of little, the, but the funny we love side, boys. Uh, at the time, they were charged with blasphemy, advertising against the system, uh, running an illegal and underground band, uh, record label promoting uh, music considered to be satanic, writing anti-religious lyrics, and granting interviews to forbidden foreign radio stations. Forbidden, it, forbidden radio stations, like us. We should yeah. get them on. Like no, the we X-Files. don't want because it will go up to a hundred lashings yeah. if they get on. <laughs> God, <sighs> this
1: is just
0: it's all right. horrible. We're, yeah, it's all right. We're, we're, we'll power through this one. So, in 2017, they were able to make bail, paying uh, thirty thousand dollars each. Um, wow. Yeah, and a good amount. Uh, following this, the two musicians fled around and ended up getting asylum in Norway. So, if you're going to get it somewhere,
1: yeah, fucking Helvet.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's where they went first
1: <laughs> sanctuary this is really shit <laughs> uh,
0: they say after releasing uh, after releasing New Music and Breaking My Silence in Turkey in 2018 different organisations who support artists who are in danger stepped in uh, after a few months I got invited to come and live in Norway as political refugee with artistic scholarship uh, Nikan has since revealed the sentences for his bandmate uh, Kos- Kosravi uh, was sentenced to 12 and a half years in prison and 74 lashes. And uh, Ikhani, uh was initially sentenced to six years, but got reduced to two. On so good behaviour. Yeah. So he's... Um, he started
1: so- writing thrash. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fuck it. He, so, started, um, he started listening to P.O.D.
0: <laughs> no, they hate Creed. that.
1: Why? Oh, thanks, Christian. Yeah, my bad. Fucking right. hell, Tom. Yeah, you incensed some shit. He's converted. <laughs> he's converted to Christian metal. Uh,
0: so, a full translation of the charges reads uh, regarding the appeal of Ikhani and. Kosravi each of them have been convicted uh, to five years in prison on charges of insulting the uh, the sanctity of Islam and one year in prison on charges of propaganda against the regime of the Islamic Republican uh, Republic of Iran according to uh, the set of contents news and received documents displaying the continuation of the activities the Court of Appeals has found that the allegations well found and precise in receiving the documents the court has convicted Kozravi to two years of imprisonment for three counts of insulting the supreme leader and the president. Uh, He's been sentenced to six months of imprisonment and 74 lashes for allegedly disturbing public opinion through the production of music containing anti-regime lyrics and insulting content and for participating in in interviews uh, with the opposition media. The accusation of attempting to you're right. No, this goes on a bit at the
1: opposition media like
0: <laughs> The accusation of attempting to leave the country is also been confirmed by the court in this regard, because Ravi has been convicted to four years of imprisonment. Regarding Ekhani, uh, the appeals court by reviewing the contents of the case and considering his role in the production of content uh, in the music group named Confess and his activity in the group during the trial suspended four years for his six years of imprisonment and confirmed two years of conviction. So conversers are still in the process of releasing new music and, in fact, they just released a new single called uh, Evan. Uh, which How is, is it? I haven't listened to it yet. I did I did want to um I'm sure it's great. Yeah. I'm sure it's well worth.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> a few lashings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it's named after the prison where they were held after their initial... Really? Yeah, uh, but the band will soon to be releasing a new album entitled Revenge at All Costs. So, I mean, it's a brutal, mm. brutal mm. piece of news. And I can't we wait are... until we
1: do a show, or a couple of shows, on censorship and metal.
0: Mm. Yeah.
1: Um, because it is so... I mean, in a very perverse way, it's very interesting,
0: isn't mm. it? Yeah, and I... To, I mean, I read the comment section on all of this, and it was absolutely disgusting. I'm not going to reiterate anything that was, really? yeah, said. It wasn't particularly nice, okay. <laughs> if you can imagine. On um,
1: no, um, no devil horn emojis.
0: No, no. Um, but I mean, yeah, we are not in any position to talk about the. We're not Team America, World Police, so we're not going <laughs> to step in and comment on anything like this. I just think it's worth bringing it. To people's attention. Yeah. Because, obviously, people in mess not a white, male-centric form of art. It can come from ve- many, many different backgrounds. And, unfortunately, a lot of those backgrounds can be restrictive. restrictive and can be, yeah. Yeah.
1: It is a shame. Yeah. Let's try and lighten the Have movement. we got any more <laughs> jokes? No, well, I've, 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 I'm. we do have a very, very particular joke that seems to be a sort of a running joke for us now. Here we go. Um, I didn't want to bring it up. But I couldn't help myself, and I know it's been a while now since it happened, Mm. but uh, let's talk about that big fucking joke, Man of War. You
0: fucker. I tried to keep these guys out of the podcast this week. I was going to talk about Man of War, but- Can't help it. Yeah, but they're back. You've got
1: Varg and you've got Man of War. You either need to get a jar where I actually have to give you money to stop talking about these shit people, (laughs) or- you Just gotta let it from. happen.
0: If anything, these guys are the uh, patron saints of the podcast. Yeah, yeah.
1: They're, we we are trying to find an endorsement. Imagine that we <laughs> are endorsed by Man of War, and that's why we talk about. Or them. are we
0: endorsing Man of War? Both. Yeah. yeah. Go listen to Man all, of War. There's all no shit. All there. lineups of Man yeah. of War.
1: Okay, so let's talk about some proverbial shit throwing from mm. Man of War. Uh, I'm sure you've heard about this, right? Mm. Recently, yeah. Yeah. I can't. I can't not talk about it because it's yeah. so f- outrageous. Um, so the band was scheduled to perform at Hellfest alongside Kiss, Tall and Slipknot before cancelling at the last minute. Uh, so to quote the band, the initial statement released to justify this cancellation was that Hellfest promoters obstructed efforts to put on the epic show we had promised uh, however, rumour has it that due to local ordinance prohibitions, Man of War were not allowed to play as loud as what they wanted and were also unhappy with the size of the stage. However,
0: Were they playing main stage?
1: Yeah. However, following this rumour, a second statement was then released by Man of War, putting the blame directly back on the festival promoters uh, regarding their Hellfest cancellation. Uh, So it said, our performance at Hellfest, scheduled for June 21st, 219. (laughs) They fucking wish. Uh, 2019 was not cancelled by the band. It was cancelled by the Hellfest organisers in their announcement that appeared on their website. Uh, In the days prior to Hellfest, Switzerland, Greece and Bulgaria all witnessed our massive production that brought the Kingdom of Steel to life. (laughs) We brought it to Hellfest because we came to play. We fought to give our fans the performance we promised last year at Hellfest. But we will not be pushed around by the Hellfest promoters who chose not to honour their contractual obligations and think they can do wrong to us and to our fans. Those of you who have requested information regarding ticket refunds, ticket refunds for the whole hell, Hellfest ticket refunds uh, should contact the outlet where you purchased your ticket or Hellfest organised. We are currently seeking every legal remedy available to us by law. They're going to appear on judge duty.
0: (laughs) There's no doubt. They're flying the promoters from France. You just go. (laughs)
1: What (laughs) the? (laughs) Firstly, the Kingdom of Steel
0: to life. Well, we all like we all like nicknames, don't we?
1: Yeah. (laughs) These guys are on another level.
0: Yeah, they are on another level, and I back them. 100%. 100%. Yeah, I think you're just denying yourself, Tom. You're the back. You're, you're denying yourself the glory. No. The blood and the glory. I don't
1: know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. They couldn't play loud enough. that You couldn't get more fucking Spinal Tap. They
0: were, at one point, the loudest band on record. Okay. Like, they had the Guinness World Record. Things change. Some people go to prison. They, <laughs> they had the Guinness World Record and then someone else... Set up a bunch of amps, played like a few chords, and mm. then took the title. And do you know who that band is? Was it Sun? It's no, no, nowhere near, nowhere near as reputable as um, that.
1: Was it a metal band? No, uh, I
0: don't know. Then
1: I don't know. It then because that's all I fucking
0: know. Fucking gallows. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh,
1: fuck me. That's a joke. What they have a Guinness World Record?
0: I think they've been beaten. They're now. such
1: a novelty band.
0: Yeah. I've never seen a band fall from grace so quickly as, as Gallows. Like, Especially considering, I, well, I'd like to say that I can claim that I put them on, but I didn't put them on, I just helped with the organisation of it. What at, at the what Drummer I say Monkey him? in Ipswich. Yeah,
1: yeah, That's what, in the heyday of Drummer Monkey as well. Yeah,
0: yeah. When, I, the, crib, when the Cribs were playing there. I played the that player. show. I can't remember whether it was that show or Good Clean Fun, but... It was the same band. So myself and three other guys literally got up on stage. I was playing drums. Drums. I was playing drums. Not you. Yeah. And all we did was we decided a key to play in. And then we proceeded to jam for 20 minutes. Jesus. I hope you
1: didn't charge people. Epically
0: slow. Epically slow metal. And to the point in which I did a fat old toot, a fat old Ipswich. Ipswitch two, no fucking <laughs> fucking Fanta, two two yeah, liter yeah. Fanta bottle, uh, and I thought my arms were turning to wood, and it was yeah. I think that might actually be one of the last times I smoke weed. Really? Yeah, I don't like it.
1: You heard it here first, mum and dad.
0: <laughs> oh, they know. Oh, they know. They know. Oh, they know. They know.
1: They're the dealers. Oh, now it? they know. They're suppliers. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's talk about something.
0: That I've wanted to talk about for a while. That
1: you have not shut up about. Yeah. And for for just reason. The more and more I research this, the more engaged I was. Not...
0: It, no, I okay. suggested the subject, but I didn't realise how interesting it was yeah. going to be.
1: Yeah. Like, we all listen to... It. I know we're not... We haven't addressed what it is yet. Um, we all have listened to the classics. Yeah. And we all know a certain amount. and. Hmm. What I've realized from doing the research for this particular show is that I will never stop learning about this particular period yeah. of metal.
0: What is your one biggest takeaway from this?
1: Um, that it is overwhelming how talented some one of these area. Dudes are. Yeah. Yeah. Also, yeah, like
0: And how much of a shithead one person can be. Well, yeah, we'll talk about
1: that particular guy in a bit. So this week we um, are going to be talking at length, but probably not to the length that it requires. We could come back to it. We 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 certainly should come back to it. Uh, It might have to be split into two because there's so much to address. And as per usual, for people who regularly listen to this podcast, other than me and Matt, is that (laughs) it's a little bit of a ramshackle
0: affair. And and we might even zero in on like a few individual subjects.
1: Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Um, So this week, yeah, we're going to be talking about death metal. More specifically, we're going to be talking about mecha. (laughs) <laughs> we're going to be talking about... We're going
0: to be talking about...
1: We're going to be Ground about, Zero. Exactly, yeah. We're going to be talking about Florida Death Metal. Um, I know you are so excited to start this off, because it is one of those things where, where do you start? Let's start from the beginning.
0: Yeah. Well, where do you start? Well, I mean, Florida is the only place that I've ever been to in America. Have you been to America? I've never been to America. So I've only ever been there once, and it was to Florida, and it was to Orlando, and it wasn't to check out the metal scene, it was to check out Disneyland. And I was about 10 years old. And even at that point, I realised that Florida is a fucked up place. Yeah. like I think it has quite the reputation of just being absolutely mental, especially considering like the stereotype of American food. I particularly remember having a baguette in which... The filling was three times thicker than the baguette that was around it, and it was just layers and layers and layers and layers of processed cheese. Unbelievable. And it was disgusting. Have you ever played the Florida Man game?
1: Uh, not sure. So it's Slender
0: Man, is it? Is <laughs> no, it's-, it's better. So go into Google, type your... Well, now? Yeah, go into Google. Now? Yeah. Oh, wow. Go into Google... Type your birthday. <laughs> I just
1: get up at uh, a safari and you hear, oh, okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> type uh, your, um. Type your date. Was uh, it
1: Florida Man Game?
0: Just type in Florida Man. No, I've got it. No, no, just type I've got in it. Florida I've got Man. It. No, you just All need right. to type in Florida Man okay, and then I've got your it. birthday.
1: Oh, and then my birthday.
0: Yeah. Okay. Listen to what I'm saying, Tom.
1: <laughs> I've got it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. First of the 10th. Two thousand and
0: one. You don't need to do the year. You only need to do. Oh, okay. Is there any? Uh, is there any news articles that pop up? Uh,
1: there's Florida Man challenge. What did Florida Man do on your birthday? <laughs> Shall I click on that? Yes. All right. Let's see what Florida Man did on your birthday. As a trend of the moment, googling Florida Man. It's all of the. Uh, here are some Florida men... What am I looking at? I don't understand. So you
0: need to find a a news headline about yeah. Florida Man. Florida Man is this thing that has kind of simmed up. Whenever shit goes down in America and some weird news headline appears, it always starts with Florida Man.
1: Oh, because some shit
0: okay. always happens. So mine... 23rd of July for anyone who needs to know. Um, oh, I see. You can at me. Yeah. So mine is Florida Man bites his brother's penis off after he walks in on his brother having sex with his cousin on his favourite Dragon Ball Z blanket.
1: Oh, brilliant. I love it. I've got um, Florida Man 88 sets fire to trap raccoon. <laughs> wait, 88 is well, That's, just, that's Man- understandable. wait there's more there's a second story to this 88 year old florida man sets raccoon on fire for eating his mangoes yeah there we go too random for me i'm sorry <laughs> too random yeah so going back to florida itself you've been there but there's something about florida that is like it's it's like a it's america in overdrive it's like a hyperbolic state it's
0: it's fucking armpit
1: it's like the dichotomy of you've got um disney world yeah and then you've got it's very um Working class around there as well. And on top it's, of that, it's like, it's called the Bible Belt, isn't it? It's yeah. right where.
0: It's hyper religious. It's like, I mean, someone, I read an interview with someone who said that it's like a retirement home. Yeah. It's like where people, because yeah. everyone has this idea of, you know, Miami as being this young, hip happening place, but yeah. that makes up only a very small percentage of what it's Florida like actually is. Leather skinned 80 year olds.
1: Like, it's like, um, have you seen a cocoon? Yeah, is that what you were going to say? No, I was oh, going right. to say, uh,
0: is it Florida Project?
1: Yeah, exactly like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a great film as well. Yeah, yeah,
0: um, yeah. So it's it's full of scumbags for the most part, <laughs> mm-hmm. but um, but however, I think this culmination of horrendous weather because yeah. that is a, that is one thing that I noticed when I ran. I distinctly remember running out of the the doors at the airport. Yeah. and just being hit with a wave of temperature and it's not just around you it's in you mm. and it's horrendous and humid and it's not nice to be outside in any <clears throat> any regard.
1: Yeah I, I think why Florida might be this location that spawned just hundreds of bands and actually spawned a scene mm. uh, which we will get into but we do need to justify exactly what is in the water with Florida in order for <laughs> it to happen. Um I think it's so, sort of like what I said with, about it when I was thinking about it and researching was that it's sort of like the collective nature of jaded teenagers. Mm sort of renouncing or attempting to resist the Bible Belt of America's Christian-dominated ideologies, um, especially within the the Deep South, which is openly why people, like, bands that we'll talk about, like Deicide and Nocturnus, were so revered. Yeah. And why they got so much attention. Yeah. Because I mean, it was so controversial.
0: Yeah, I mean, you have that spawning up from every part of the world. It's it's yeah. not anything remarkable to say that there were these kids that were kicking back against like yeah. conservative values or so on. But as you said, it's like, it's like, it's like America on Monster Energy Drink. Yeah. It is next Probably level. Monster Energy Drink yeah. as well. Definitely. Yeah,
1: back in the <laughs> 80s. Was Monster even going back in the 80s? Oh, fuck it. <laughs> so, um, I guess we need to figure out, not a timeline, as such, but the impetus of proto death metal because death metal didn't just start. Nothing just formulates, evolves like from from nothing, like Hellraiser. Um,
0: <laughs> just coming exactly, out of the floorboards, to, exactly.
1: Yeah, it yeah. has to evolve from something else. And mm. I do think it's important in that regard to mention this slew of european bands that were coming out that were heavier yeah. than the heavy metal acts that were coming out prior to them like sodom, hellhammer, these
0: fresh metal bands yeah, that were kind thrash, of yeah it was trash wasn't it yeah kind of uh over basically just kind of speeding up what had already been laid down by like the new wave of british heavy metal and it's like where where do we go from here
1: yeah do you do you think you have a date do you think you have a date that could say this is where it started.
0: I did have an article. Um I did have an article, but I actually fuck, it was one of the notes that I deleted out out of it because it was on on this day, Death Metal was created. Um and it was also but that's so
1: subjective. I mean, the thing is, is that Death Metal has like what we're saying. Yeah. It's evolved. Like over But here, apparently
0: isn't... on that day also uh was the first was the day that Coldplay released their first demo. So you know what in the 80s the, the yin and the yang no just on that day on a different year oh right so the, yeah. that
1: date was wrong
0: yeah then. so they consider they consider uh, kind of I think deaths first EP
1: what? oh mantas
0: yeah you know, at mantis. that point they would have been called mantis, mantis yeah. um and I, I mean know. this is this is the argument because we have a lot of people and we spoke about uh we spoke about this band before on one of our choice cuts. Yeah, cuz she mentioned them. Um but it's who created the who created who the term the
1: phrase.
0: Yeah, cuz yeah. there's a lot of arguments behind it. So of course there's a band called Death who some people consider the archetypal kind of death yeah. metal band um and they before that they were called mantis and they had a first demo that was called death by metal uh oh sorry that was released september 7th 1984
1: yeah which is quite um, interesting because if you live listen to mantis as well yeah. it's not death metal as we know it and how no. we like deem it to be now
0: yeah but um, then on, on the other side, you also have... I mean, they, they weren't so blistering as, as what Death were doing at the time. And, and Death kind of pro- progressed their music, as, and we'll get into it, as, as they yeah. went on. Um, but you in San Francisco, you had Possessed, who started in 1983. So I think they both started in the same yeah. year. Um, but they had a 1984 demo as well called Death Metal. Um, but certainly wasn't Death Metal...
1: No. As we know it. No. And um, there was
0: also um uh Celtic Frost Hellhammer. They yeah. had a EP or they were part of a compilation, but I can't remember what it's called now. I should have this written down. Um but they this scene kind of I guess the the ground zero is Tampa, Florida. Yeah. That is kind of considered where the, the genesis of all this happens. I think so.
1: I would say though that Around Tampa as well, there's sort of Tarpon Springs because there's traditional metal bands that played mm. in the area that influenced the kids that were coming up like Mantis and some people that we'll yeah. talk about, Nasty but Savage. bands like Nasty Savage. Have you ever listened to Nasty Savage? I
0: listened to them just before you came round.
1: How good is Nasty Savage? They're really Savage? good. I'm going
0: to have to give them a bit more time. In fact, I spent so long listening to um, listening to a multitude of different Death metal records over the week that I didn't actually get to check out. Yeah, like to the extent that I would have wished the two these two bands that we're just gonna mention yeah. now. Um, but I probably will go back to it because they're not they're not death metal. No, they're not. And they're not you wouldn't even kind of draw a line between that and death metal. I think
1: I think they're pretty thrash. Yeah, I the, think with a bit of Robert Halford mixed in Yeah, uh, I think
0: I, it's less to do with their sound i mean obviously because they're metal they they had an influence on these bands but it's more to do with what they indicated to these bands yeah. that it's not they're just stage performance yeah and it's not just milling about they managed to get signed to a uh, quite a large record label and yeah. expand out of it yeah. And they were like a lot of these bands were like this is our way out of here so um
1: someone who will be referring to quite a lot in the future uh I do want to bring up a quote that he had about nasty, nasty savage mm. um Glenn Benton of Tayside um, he man. said, <laughs> he said of Ronnie Galletti, who was the uh, singer for Nasty Savage, um, Ronnie Galletti used to have all these TV sets on stage that he'd smash. And I remember putting my fist through some of them. Talk about a show. The guy used to roll around in the glass from the TVs. And one night I saw his old lady pulling broken glass out of his back after the gig. And I thought, holy shit,
0: this is the real deal. It's that when he got his obsession with uh pain and suffering and
1: I mean, I I mean we, yeah so. we're gonna
0: get into yeah. we're gonna get into him and his obsession with body mutilation yeah. and apparently it's not even just he does it repeatedly yeah like i thought I thought it was a one and done and just kind of like, like a it's <laughs> just kind of like a Oh, I'm going to regret that now. Yeah. But no, he's still he's all got, about it, and he does, does it, yeah. it.
1: you know that scene from Naked Gun where Leslie Nielsen uh, <laughs> wipes off the birthmark of Gorbachev's head. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that was going to be the same with Glenn Benton. It's just drawn on. Yeah. Um. So one man in particular, mm. if you don't mind me sort of segueing into this part, uh, that is for the most part regarded as the Godfather.
0: I absolutely Death do battle. not mind you talking about this man because uh, I've, um, I think I've developed something for him. Yeah,
1: we've we've all been crushing on him quite hard yeah. over the past week.
0: Two Matthew's weeks ago. Matthew's erotic fan fiction of this individual.
1: So uh, we're obviously talking about um, the late great uh, Chuck uh, Shaldina, mm. um who, as I said, is widely regarded as being the True founder, he might not have been the founder actually, but he certainly was the innovator, yeah, for death metal.
0: He defines certain characteristics,
1: yeah, and what's interesting about him is that he was an avid record collector and he used to listen to a lot of uh European bands like Demonize, uh, Sortilege, H Bomb, Torch, Trance, and Picture. Um, And as as well as sort of the German stuff, like, as we said, Sodom, uh, listen to creator and destruction. Uh, and that's what helped shape his sound and how he approached it. But, uh, according to something, many people, he wasn't a copycat whatsoever. Um, he was very unique. His playing style and also his vocal projection,
0: which developed from yeah early records into yeah. into his kind of later. Because one of the characteristics of death metal that everyone kind of everyone kind of thinks is the main, apart from say like blast beats and trill picking. Yeah, the main thing is the vocals. So the vocals are always considered to be this low. Death growl, yeah. Um And he kind of steered away from that at one point and went for a more screechy. Which, to be honest, I I find I don't know whether I'd say more listenable, but more interesting yeah. in contrast to the music. Even, that especially falls on it.
1: Leprosy, uh, yeah. I think he started to venture more down that and then Human yeah. and stuff like that as yeah. well. Um, absolutely undeniable in terms of this man's contribution to the genre and the amount of people that were influenced by Chuck is just overwhelming, really. Mm. Um, But Chuck wasn't the only facet to death metal as to why it's existed and endured over the years. Um, I would say for Florida as a whole, uh, there's a bit of a triptych going on as to the reason as to why it exists, and especially in Florida. Yeah. Uh, so one might be uh, Chuck. Another one might be uh, Morris Sound mm. as well, which is it's the recording studio uh, that
0: quite a legendary recording studio. And when I looked at, because it's it's considered like the mecca for for death metal, yeah. Florida death metal. However, there are so many when I looked at their back catalogue of who they'd worked with, there were so many records on there that I already knew, but I had no idea that they were yeah. recorded there. Yeah. And on a, on a little bit of a side note, because there are these parallels between Florida death metal and Swedish death metal yeah. in the fact that they have these... It's not just the bands, it's almost like the culture behind it. So You've got these recording studios that... Um, What's the name of the recording studio? In Sweden? Morris Sound, Sweden.
1: Oh, uh, Sunlight Studios.
0: Yeah, is it Sunlight? Yeah, yeah, it's Sunlight. Yeah, so you've got these two places where all these bands kind of congregated, and they also they also travelled to to get there. Um, however, there is something different about this in the fact that Swedish death metal was actually its own sound in and of itself. Like yeah. when you say Swedish death metal it is describing the sound of the music. Whereas when I say Florida death metal, I'm not I'm not denoting any particular style because there were so many different yeah. bands that had their own particular sound. Like you wouldn't listen to Cynic. I mean, for the layman, you might listen to Cynic and then you might listen to like Morbid Angel and you think yeah. it all sounds exactly the same. Yeah. But they're... they're this broad spectrum of music that came out of that scene that all had the same DNA but kind of went off on these weird mutations.
1: I would go to the extent of saying even within Florida death metal, there's three different strands of it. So you've got the occult, satanic death metal that came Mm. sort of late 80s, early 90s. You've got progressive death metal that came out... uh, sort of around atheist time yeah. and cynic were part of that whole prog death metal period and the third one i can't fucking remember
0: <laughs> i guess it's kind of like that nasty oh, the, brutal the gore, gore like, vibes, yeah. obituary kind yeah of yeah. Stuff.
1: yeah um but yeah what's mad about morris sound and the people that worked at morris sound tom morris uh who's the other guy um does it john morris his name's John Morris, and then you had Scott Burns as well. Scott is, Burns, who's who is the, regarded as yeah. the the producer for death metal, mm. and apparently that's because nothing in particular. I mean, he was a clearly a fan of the genre, but a lot of people cite him as being the only producer that knew how, how to
0: develop that sound, to make it, yeah.
1: because it's so difficult to produce. Because you've got such, all these walls. Of sound yeah. and cacophony everywhere and you need to sort of cut through it somehow.
0: I mean, and that being said, like he he um he wasn't infallible. There was like when I listen to you know, you've got like the leprosy. Yeah. And the snare sound on that record is fucking awful. <laughs> like I'm it's one of his very early records, but it is not a nice snare sound. So you can see yeah. a progression in in how he came to understand sure. this music.
1: But it, do- it doesn't really matter because if you take into account something like Obituary's first record, um, it cost around $3,000 mm. to make. Yeah. And it sold at least 40000 on its initial run, at yeah. least. So regardless of how shit some of these old records sound,
0: yeah. like... And, there was something going on. And this studio also hadn't been about much longer than the bands themselves. So it was only, it was only set up in 81, I think. I
1: thought it was at 83.
0: No, I think, I think the, it was founded in 83. So so, so so as far as I can see, it said Morris Sound, a recording okay, studio established in Tamper in 1981. And yeah, uh, is Alex Webb's. No, sorry. Um, where are we trying to look for the names? I don't forget Tim and Jim. Tim and Jim. Tom and Jim, sorry. Tom and Jim. Oh, Tom and Jim, yeah. Yeah, were the people who hired Scott Burns to kind of take the reins on these yeah. on these records.
1: And I think they were a little bit like... Because they, they produced records themselves. I think Tom produced Cynic and stuff like that, but mm. um, they were also like, Scott sort of knows what he's doing. Yeah, yeah well, he DC started producers. out doing
0: live sound for obituary, so that's how he mm. kind of got his foot in the door with that. And that's how that obituary... Who were
1: uh, formerly before Obituary, they were Executioner. Executioner, Um, That's how Obituary got their foot in the door for Slowly We Rot. Mm. That's right, isn't it? It was Slowly We Rot and then Cause of Death. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I think you've got Morris Sound. And the other part of that Florida triptych is Aces Records, Mm. um, who uh, Frank who was the owner of aces records uh it was located in tampa it was just this a bit like it was like florida's equivalent to Hellvet, but yeah. without the fucking murder and um <laughs> shit well there's probably a lot of shit talking but uh, oh there's nothing... a whole
0: bunch of shit talking yeah. by the sound
1: um but interesting me about uh, aces is that um james murphy who was ex-obituary in death uh, and David Vincent Vincent David Vincent of morbid angel uh they both worked uh at aces um and sadly Frank passed away in 2015 so okay
0: so quite recently yeah so
1: yeah. uh V.
0: yeah but I mean they got they got into this especially with uh, Scott Burns, he kind of got onto the world stage with, uh, so following following producing a couple of records for obituary, uh, he ended up doing, doing uh, Sepultura's Beneath the Remains, which yeah. I think had... Not
1: Floridian, but... No, but for, worth, uh, worth
0: mentioning because yeah. they were, pro- well, I'd probably say Sepultura were probably a lot more renowned than any of these bands out there kind of time do you reckon
1: mm, i don't know not at the time they wouldn't mm. have been a renowned band at the time I do you don't know I think. reckon no i don't I'm just trying to think of... beneath the remains i don't think yeah. so. it's a very early record for them
0: yeah but like, i think that they did quite well for themselves at the beginning but if you if look I'm at not... bands
1: like cannibal corpse what was it, what was cannibal corpse called before cannibal corpse i Fuck don't it. know um yeah, I don't know cuz uh, when did Beneath the Remains come out? Was it 89?
0: 89, yeah. And it was on Roadrunner.
1: Yeah. I don't know cuz Morbid Angel But Sepultura is- has
0: has a bit of a history with um with Florida death metal. Yeah. Mainly for the fact that uh Obituary managed to fleece some of the artwork for Cause of Death. It was oh, no like shit. that artwork was originally supposed to be for a uh, Sepultura record. It fits a lot better. For opiate be Yeah, than yeah. it does. Yeah.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, please continue.
0: Uh, so, I mean, and this is... With Sam, people made a pilgrimage to to this recording studio. So a lot of bands that are considered Florida death metal, they don't necessarily come from Florida. So they were they maybe started their band and then like a year after they kind of emigrated over to Florida. So, I mean, one of the most famous death metal bands, I mean, they're almost, you could say they're a household name to the extent that anyone who's into heavy metal to any extent are going to know the name Cannibal Corpse um so Cannibal Corpse they originally started in Buffalo in New York but after a year of being together they ended up uh they ended up being in I think they moved to Tampa in about 1994 so this is quite late in the day
1: no are you sure I thought they came out
0: earlier than that No, didn't move to Tampa until 1994. Because they are
1: regarded as a Florida death metal band. Yet, so they
0: moved in 1994, yet they uh, recorded their debut uh, in Florida in 1990, uh, eaten back to life.
1: Yeah, yeah, which is, I mean, as a record go, it's fine.
0: (laughs) I'm not a fan of Cannibal Corpse, to be honest. It's not something that resonates with me.
1: I like them in Ace Ventura
0: well yeah i mean yeah that's and obviously obviously jim carrey really likes his fucking loves cannibal corpse it's ridiculous
1: um so yeah what i think what we're trying to talk about here in some kind of misguided way is that everyone was drawn to florida yeah and flies to
0: shit exactly
1: Exactly. and there would be a shitload of flies because of how hot it is um (laughs) Not because of, not just, it's not solely because of one thing. Like, Mm. it's not because, solely because of Morris Sound, despite the fact that if you want your death metal record to sound good, it's probably best to go to Morris Sound. It's not just because of the weather. But I think one of the fundamental things is, uh, Florida especially, uh, all of the bands that were coming out there were getting signed, like, instantly it didn't yeah. matter what you fucking sounded like
0: like Yeah it was the hot them. ticket
1: like- yeah it, it seemed like if you want to make it in a metal band and you want to ride the wave fucking go to florida it was this signed.
0: it was this sweet spot between the kind of early fresh metal bands mm. and moving into the 90s when black metal became in vogue yeah. because of the notorious element but like Everyone says that black metal is kind of like the most vicious and kind of almost distasteful. Yeah. But I would say some of the antics of the death metal bands weren't much better. Oh, I'd probably say black metal are like nerds that got out of hand. Yeah. Whereas death metals are like jocks that got out of hand.
1: They're pretty fucking gnarly. Yeah. They're pretty scary dudes.
0: Like that what I took away from this, actually, a, a lot of it when I was, because obviously, because as we said that there's lots of different strains of death metal all coming out of it, almost felt a bit like the Breakfast Club. Like you have like, the one guy who's like the jock dude, and then you have the one geeky dude, and then you have the one kind of like aloof guy. So for <laughs> I me know.
1: Just from you saying that, I know who you're talking about.
0: So you've got one. the fucking garbage pale kid who's like cannibal corpse. Then you've got the fucking nerds who is like atheist, atheist and cynic. cynic. Yeah. And atheist especially. Like cynic if they were if they were embodiment of a person. Cynic would get bullied and I'd feel bad <laughs> for them. They'd have
1: broken glasses yeah, tied and, up and I'd tape. feel
0: and I'd feel bad for them. Dude, Cynic
1: but, and Atheist are fucking amazing. But I usually atheist, hate technical
0: atheists. But atheists are oh. like are like the nerds who deserve to get beaten. No, they do not. Like they deserve a bit of a pounding. No, they're like
1: the nerds that in a fight, the guy that respects them gives them a bat. In a fist fight. I think it's they're like, just the guys who go nuts. I think they're Kill just em. the guys
0: who stand behind everyone else and go, "Yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> Yeah, man." <laughs>
0: but I mean, even listen, to it, like, yeah, they're weird primacy kind of sound. I think is that's going why I on. like it
1: because I usually really hate very techy death metal. And
0: you're a man who likes his time signatures and weird tempos and stuff. Yeah,
1: it's kind of like I can imagine Mike Patton listening to Atheist and going.
0: Hmm. <laughs> okay. That was the straw that broke the camel's back. That was the that straw that made no more.
1: That was the straw that made the band Mister
0: Bungle. <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah. So and however, I did realise who Chuck Schuldiner was. He is Heath Ledger from Ten Things I Hate About You. Mm. He's that super cool, a bit dangerous, but absolutely dreamy dude. <laughs> Right. I'm gonna yeah, go on about it, him. He really at loves him. He yeah.
1: absolutely loves him. We're gonna
0: uh, we're we're gonna come back to him at some point.
1: Yeah, we're and, definitely gonna talk yeah. about about at Length. He deserves it, and that means that we can put some strings in the background whenever Matt talks and he hears birds. <laughs> are they
0: are they like? Are oh, they Are, they, six are they like sad? Are they like sad strings or are they like sexy strings? Uh, can you have sexy that's strings? strings? It's more brass, strings? brass, isn't it?
1: Thongs, fox, G <laughs> string, yeah. Uh, what's interesting to note as well, um, before we go into some of the key, yeah, thank you. Uh, before we go into the cheese string, um, into key players and some of the controversies, uh, is the club scene. I very want to very quickly touch on the club scene for Florida. Uh, it wasn't that great.
0: No, uh, I mean, you have a bit more on it than I do, but I was trying to look at where they were kind of getting their start in terms of, of so playing. So it was I pretty one. Uh
1: So there was the Rocket Club, mm. which would host um, quite generic heavy metal shows with a thrash or death-specific night once a week or once at fortnightly and stuff like that, uh, or a monthly basis. Sometimes there was also the sunset club, which I think, you know, a bit more about, uh, and that hosted even bands like I stirth, yeah. um, oblivion, a bit tree when they were executioner. Um, but it was shut down due to mismanagement. Mm. Um, and I think they couldn't handle the kids
0: sunset we're talking about yeah. Like, yeah i think they destroyed it pretty yeah, much they, like they, they, tore they basically it
1: apart. we've been we've in our younger years been to like played basically mm. owned some pubs in our area yeah to, in regards of always being the ones to put on the shows
0: they loved us for and a while
1: destroying that venue. yeah um there was also the dynamo bar uh, which uh, obituary have a live bootleg from, actually, uh, from the Dynamo okay. but which I think would be a bit of a rarity now. Um, so Richard Christie of Death uh, said, around the country, not a lot of people knew about death metal. So some promoters would book death metal bands opening up for popular nationwide acts. Uh, when I was in Public Assassin, we got booked to open for Molly Hatchet in Springfield, Missouri... Uh, we went up to do a sound check, and the club owner goes, I'll pay you guys $100 <laughs> not to play. We were like, screw that. We're going to open for Molly Hatchet."
0: Well, the question is, how much would have they got paid to play? Exactly. exactly. Yeah. So I need to know what the stakes were and how much... Like, so I didn't even know who Molly Hatchet were yeah. before I read that. Yeah. And I ended up looking... I thought Molly Hatchett was a, like, like a country... Singer. Flogging, flogging molly like a, yeah, like a, like a dolly parton kind of thing but yeah. no they're a terrible dad rock band Perfect. yeah
1: and there was also the brass mug which i think really did stick up uh for the kids at the time but it wasn't great because a lot of uh promoters couldn't handle the mosh couldn't handle the pit uh they couldn't handle drunken kids uh listening to music that wasn't really kind of universally known yeah so they didn't know what they were supporting at in a venue and the the people that own the venue probably were like what the fuck is going on as well so it's not as if florida had a thriving
0: club scene they had to do what no they, they had. had to and they had to kind of get out of that scene as well like because even though it was kind of self-supporting, I mean, have you seen? You must have seen a couple of the videos of, like, there's a video of Morbid Angel playing in because I know that a lot of a lot of shows that they ended up playing were like back garden shows and shows in people's garages and stuff, mm, and a yeah. lot of their. Apparently, at one point, there was these... Almost like a self-storage thing slash car park. Yeah, it
1: looked fucking great.
0: Yeah, like all these orange doors, like just going down... The, the like this Everyone's got their saying, state. morbid
1: angel iced That must obituary. have been insane. insane. I would
0: have absolutely have loved to have and yeah, and I, I mean to an extent you do kind of get that. Like in London there have been to a couple of practice rooms where you go there and I remember looking on the floor and there was a um a multi plug socket with sixth written on it. Really? And I was like Jesus. Oh, sixth. I but haven't we, heard of them in a long d- time. Uh, we, not relevant. We practice with uh
1: Orange Goblin, don't we?
0: Yeah, we, we have practised in the same venue. practice room as, uh, as Orange, Orange Goblin. And went. also the um, Horrors. currently we practise in, in the same studio as the Horrors. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, you do have that, but not to the extent that this was, where no. it's just like... It's not obituary. They're almost it? walking outside and having barbecues with each other. Mm. That's like how buddy-buddy it was. And, I mean, to be honest, like a lot of those places had to have been Cold, like because when you look at it there's no windows it's just tiny dark little rooms, yeah, and to be honest, they were probably in there because it was probably nice to be inside than it was to be outside, just given how Might disgusting have been yeah, just how disgusting yeah. and clammy it would have been outside, but I mean it was around. So they ended up kind of expanding outside of Florida after a while, and so Morbid Angel kind of... It's widely acknowledged that they have the best-selling death metal album of all time, and that was uh, 1993's album uh, Covenant. Um, and... Uh, yeah, I think that that was... How do I wait? I think it's 127,000
1: records crazy. in the United States.
0: Crazy. Yeah, and... um Yeah, and Cannibal Corpse becoming more well-known. So they were kind of going out to these weird places. Can I just say
1: as well, um, I don't know why. Covenant's, like, fine.
0: Yeah, but it's... Yeah, well...
1: It's a weird kind of melting pot that suddenly came to... I think it's probably that whole, uh, what we were talking about, satanic panic and death scare uh, mm. of the music... They needed something to come out from all of the uh, propaganda and all of the the hearsay about all of this stuff. Something needed to come out and say, this is what it is. And this is what the mainstream kids are going to listen to and absorb. And this, this is basically you get the crux of the idea from that. But Covenant isn't like...
0: Yeah, a a lot of these bands do kind of degrade in terms of quality as they go along. I think the only band that I listen to, so from my limited knowledge of all of these bands and how many records of them that I've listened to, I think the only band that came out on top in terms of their music actually getting better at least for me is probably death
1: death yeah yeah i was glad you said that obituary i must admit
0: i really like back from the dead i really like it and i also think because it sounds like a hardcore record.
1: yeah and their their recent live record that yeah. they released is just fucking amazing. i can't remember
0: which album it is but there's an album that begins with a song called redneck stomp and you can't really get you
1: can't, can't stomp. really yeah. can't
0: not stop can't not stop can't not stop but i mean uh, i mean he can't not stop yeah but the the scene was really crazy and kind of slightly getting out of hand i mean our favorite man in the entire world glenn benton had this to say on uh, on on the shows and the kind of yeah. conduct of the individuals that was going on and he said there was a lot of violence and i had a good time with it <laughs> He said, I was into the whole making of the armour thing. Oh, yeah, of let's course. stop for a second. So, of course. So a lot of these bands actually, they didn't look particularly metal. Like, what for one thing, Chuck Schuldiner was kind of almost against that over-masculine yeah. kind of thing. He was almost, he was kind of above it.
1: He was a spiritual guy.
0: Yeah, yeah. Whereas, like, I mean, obviously you've had... Like uh, guys in Morbid Angel wearing their leather jackets, but Glenn Benton is the one man who took it a step f- further. I will get back to this quote, but I think that we do need to address he Glenn Benton is, as an individual.
1: Glenn Benton is the uh, lead singer of the band of the band Yeah, which let's. I'm going to put the cards on the table, and I'm going to say early, very, very early Side is fine it's
0: cool but they I are the like most it. cookie but cutter glenn, vanilla yeah
1: it's because they can't play very well and I'm, yeah. I'm gonna say and that's probably gonna piss some people off and they realized they couldn't match death they couldn't match morbid angel uh they couldn't match cynic <laughs> or atheist or anything like that um so they had to go with a gimmick yeah and the gimmick is essentially glenn benton
0: yeah he is he is a force in and of himself. So he is a man who creates his own armour to wear on to wear on stage, which he is lovingly referred to as God-deflecting armour. Uh, fucking answers, answers yeah. on the postcard. Not only that, but we made some mention of this particular characteristic, physical characteristic of him, is the fact that he has an inverted cross branded into his forehead.
1: I mean, don't we all... Yeah, in some ne-
0: way, but he's. It's like it's like some weird jackass one-upmanship because I think the guitarist from Deerside had one branded into his arm, so he was like, "Well, fuck that! I'm just going to do it directly into my forehead." But it wasn't just a one and done. He's then repeated this process in order to keep it as fresh and as yeah. vibrant as it was. back Why would in the you day? ever
1: want to do a one and done?
0: No, and like I need to, I need to find it. I can't remember, I I was actually, but when we talked about doing this episode, this was one of the main reasons that I wanted to talk about this, and I haven't got the research for it, but do you know about him claiming he was going to commit suicide on stage?
1: No, it was, um,
0: he was... It was the age of 33, wasn't it? He claimed
1: in a record on a record yeah. that at the age of thirty three he would commit suicide.
0: On stage. And um, it was um, it was because obviously that was the year, that was that the year. Jesus yeah. like started his work. Um so he- <laughs> So he wanted to do the absolute opposite and kill himself on stage. And apparently, they did actually play a live gig that night, and everyone was waiting, kill we were baited with breath, oh and he God. fucking chickened out.
1: Of course, he did. And so he, I didn't would, he say it was for only morons would actually do that?
0: Yeah, but still, I'm. I Don't would never. Say. I would never tell anyone because if you Just have any not. thoughts, yeah, <laughs> I, would, I would. If you have thoughts about suicide, go speak to someone. However, Glenn Benton, stop being a little fucking oh, don't, Chrissy little just do come it, man. On, just Talk come on. Now. Just pay your dues. If you're gonna if you're gonna put it out there. Nah, man. Yeah. Nah. Nah. It'll be funny, man. He is he is a fucking idiot, though. <laughs> so anyway, a back idiot. to this quote. Uh, there was a lot of violence and I had a good time with it. I was into the whole making of the armor thing. One night I made this armband with 0.308 spits ahead, which I assume are bullets. I have. They are bullets, yeah. We're from the UK. We have no idea about bullets. No, they are bullets. Yeah. And I went through the crowd uh, sticking that thing into people's bags. Brilliant. At the end of the night, there were just a bunch of screws sticking out of the thing where all the bullet heads have uh, had fallen off the bands. Uh, there were a lot of these people walking around with big blood spike marks on their backs. You could get away with a lot more shit then. Now. Uh, Now, a kid comes home from a show and he's all fucked up and mum and dad call the cops and the club gets closed down. The metal metal scene kind of got pussified over the years. That is the takeaway. And that is the mentality of Glenn Benson. The metal scene kind of got pussified. Yeah.
1: I don't know many people that would use that word seriously... At uh, like genuinely mean it like well like doing anything in an everyday life and going no nah, i don't do that anymore that's pussified
0: everything's yeah, got pussified yeah he's he is the pushing out the chest like yeah shit talking until someone steps in i've got another i've got another is this about in. is this about the um the plane flight
1: no this when is about they... no 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 so Uh, Another quote from Glenn Benton is that he liked filling mannequins up with raw meat. He said, I packed one teenage mannequin full of $60 worth of shitlins and beef livers and bought it on stage. And this wasn't fresh meat. I left that shit outside in the sun to rot. A few of my friends attacked it whilst we were playing. <laughs> next thing you know, there was a slaughter fest of meat going on everywhere. One girl started screaming, you're killing him! She <laughs> thought it, like it was a... actually a person.
0: Is it like that Simpson thing. It's like, stop, he's already dead. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: the next day, the sheriff's department was in, the take, um, in there taking samples and checking to see if there were any human remains. Another time at the Ritz Theatre in Tampa, I had three five-gallon buckets full of rotten Pig guts and they had most un- and they had the most ungodly stench like raw sewage i iced them all as in he smart enough iced them all um i asked them all down <laughs> before the gig and i remember dumping them on this one kid and he just collapsed from being so hot after that the health department started sending people to my shows, so i had to tone that shit down and finally just before you interject i found out this little nugget of information about dearside um the CIA actually used Deicide's sort of mid-period work as a tool for torture and brainwashing.
0: Wasn't that the whole thing that they were using that in the middle of e- uh, in the Middle East? But it was Metallica or something. They were using that as Apparently, a means Deicide to interrogate.
1: Was, uh, definitely there as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think I could sit through. Could I sit through? It depends what era Metallica you are talking oh, about. Oh right, aren't I thought
1: about Deicide. The first Deicide record. I really like
0: it. It's fine. It's, it's absolutely quite... fine. They are probably the least remarkable band, apart from maybe maybe the vocals. Purely for the fact that it w- the double tracked vocals kind of gave the low it its high own... register is yeah quite. But that's completely lost on stage because they can't do that. Yeah, but I mean Benton wasn't the only one who was up to these kind of ridiculous antics. And uh, one of the other bands that are kind of—they're almost like the emo band to an extent. <laughs>
1: so, yeah, so true.
0: Of the uh, to to that extent is um, is Morbid Angel. Uh, so Kelly Schaefer, who is the vocalist and atheist, uh, he had, he recounts instances of kind of walking backstage. By the way, Kelly Schaefer—I know that we've already talked about atheists, but they are. Fucking nerds, man.
1: I love I love them.
0: No, I could imagine Kelly Schaefer, having looked at pictures of him, I can imagine he is one of those people who wore a, uh, a tuxedo T-shirt to their prom. Look, man,
1: if you're not into John Coltrane, if you're not into <laughs> Pharaoh Sanders, if you're not into fucking Ornette Coleman, then I could understand where you're coming from. But, you know, we all are into I'm just Pharaoh keep Sanders into, and Ornette man. Coleman. So... Fuck you, atheists are sick. <laughs> so Fuck say, you, man.
0: <laughs> so he says, I remember walking backstage in the early days and seeing the guys from Morbid Angel sitting around a chalice and cutting themselves and bleeding into the cup. Uh, I thought, that's fucking nuts. We play crazy music, but I don't roll nuts. like that. Uh, and and then, of course, Benton, because he always has something to, to chime in yeah. with. He says, uh, I think we put a little bit more into it than Morbid Angel. They you used- <laughs> It's a fucking big, oh, big so dick measuring competition yeah. with these people, and that is—they the, are, as we were saying, they are like the jocks of.
1: Don't of you ever mentality. wonder whenever it is a big dick? They're like
0: crushing uh, red cups yeah. on their heads, and
1: don't you ever wonder whenever whenever it is a big dick competition, who actually does have have the biggest, the biggest dick. dick? Yeah,
0: I'm gonna say it is Chug, but he doesn't. Chuck? But he doesn't say not anymore. He's a gentleman. <laughs> no, it doesn't not exist not anymore. <laughs> Um, But I can imagine he has it, but he's also very, uh, very humble.
1: Yeah, I might have the biggest dick, but then again, so might you.
0: Yeah, I love you, man. That is my hopes. <laughs> but yeah, ben, uh, ben said, I think we put a little bit more into it than Morbid Angel. They used to slice, slice themselves up in shit, but so do teenage little girls. I, I, I've got a cross branded in my forehead. I'm pierced on every part of my body and tattooed all over. Yeah, I was into the whole pain thing, but <laughs> to sit there and slice myself up, I wasn't interested in that yeah. shit. And he almost goes to the point of, um, because he ended up having like a little bit of a beef, with Morbid Angel, to the point where they almost... Oh, they were
1: on a plane.
0: Yeah, they yeah, almost yeah, got into yeah. a fight. So he said, I didn't really see them as competition. I just saw it as someone who's shit-talking and was about to get pounded.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> he, is, he is the worst. Pound um, those pussies, Glenn. Yeah, I think if anyone was talking shit, I think it was probably Glenn Benson. Uh, but after a confrontation at an airport that... Uh, that came to an end, we got on a plane with them and I went, hey man, what the fuck is this shit about? And there was, a, there was an about face. Oh, we didn't say any of that, man, but we, have, uh, but we have some mutual friends and shit, so we know what was said. And I was like, okay, you know what? If you want to take it to the next level, we're ready. Oh. We, we made peace after that and realised we were all on the same team.
1: So, so stupid
0: so yeah so i think my big takeaway from this is i love chuck and i fucking hate glenn yeah yeah or do and i love like, glenn do i love to yeah. hate him
1: do i love glenn
0: yeah do i love glenn i've Depends got one of those big magic dick is i got one of those magic eight
1: balls <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, trouble ahead hey glenn if you're listening, please send us a dick pic. <laughs> We'd love to see it. You pussyfied. You, you, p- you should be dead by now, mate. <laughs> yeah, you should be dead by now. You should be dead. Um, let's close this one off because there's so much to talk about. Let's just quickly close it off by naming some of the bands that we actually probably haven't spoken about throughout this uh, mm-hmm. podcast, um, and also hopefully bands that we will touch on in the future. And also, uh, uh, go fuck yourself. Uh, so. Let's talk about some defining bands. Uh, number one, a band that we actually haven't brought up, I don't think yet. Yeah. I think I might mention them once, is Nocturnus.
0: Uh, you mentioned them at the beginning, actually. Yeah, think, I mentioned but, them at the beginning.
1: Yeah. Uh, the Key came out in 1991. Um, funnily enough, I think, with Nocturnus, it also included former Incubus guitarist, Gino Marino. I did not know that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, very synth-laden death Yeah. Film. And... If any death metal bands are listening to this, like current death metal bands, please, I'm begging you, the keyboard is a perfect instrument. Okay? Just reintroduce it back into your music. I could get behind it. Yeah. Uh, Another one uh, I wanted to bring up is Massacre. Uh, From Beyond came out in 1991. Uh, so, despite its sort of rotating roster of band members, including members of Death, uh, members' output, whilst very slim, I think it was like only three studio albums. Uh, their debut and third entry really do remain benchmarks. Yeah. In in death metal, I absolutely love Massacre. Uh,
0: I guess another one to mention is like Malevolent Creation. Yeah, but like we haven't had a chance to mention that yet. But they are another band. Why is it with Buffalo? Like they come from Buffalo as well, yeah. as New York, and they moved over to to yeah. Florida. And they're again, they're not they're not from Florida. They're not natives, but they pretty much, you know, are one of the staple bands that, that yeah. we consider when we think of. Florida death metal, um, especially Retribution. Like, that is the record that I really took to whilst I was...
1: For Malevolent Creation. Yeah. I really like Stillborn as well, actually. Yeah. Stillborn's really good as well. Uh, another one that I think we should definitely bring up, which we haven't spoken about a lot, is Obituary. Um, sort of death metal infused with hardcore uh, in as aid the, of, uh,
0: yeah, As the years went on, yeah.
1: I say. Uh, in aid of the Tardy Brothers, but there's certainly nothing no, Tardy tush. about this brotherhood. Oh, um, fucking hell, Alan Partridge. <laughs> yeah. Uh, monstrosity.
0: Yeah. Uh, they were a band that I didn't give enough time to. No, I done. mean, it
1: was formed by George. I like, I like calling him by his full name because it sounds funny. Uh, George Corpse Grinder Fisher, yeah. uh, who would later to go, obviously go on to be the vocalist of Cannibal Corpse. Fucking uh, hell,
0: that man's neck. He yeah, has a fucking crazy. neck on him.
1: Just YouTube it. Yeah. You'll have, a, you'll have fun for about five minutes and get a bit bored. Um, is it Acheron? Yeah. Acheron um. or Acheron? Uh, so it's very much more of the same satanic death metal uh, formed by Vincent Crowley, Uh, In 1988, after leaving Nocturnus, interestingly about Vincent Crowley is that he was drafted in as one of the leaders of, I know we spoke about it earlier. Is it the Church of Satan or something along the lines of that? So he was actually brought into that. And the whole thing about Nocturnus and Acheron is that they are very satanic-led bands uh there's a band called sickness that's a bit of a obscure one i think uh ornaments of mutilation that came out in 1995 so that's when we start going into a bit of like post pro, post proto death if you want to mm. fucking call it that um and that's a testament to death metal's longevity as it enters its later stages uh, one band that i don't really know anything about and i might be a fucking normie for doing this just at me if you want. I don't like please do at me actually. <laughs> uh six feet under. I don't really know really anything about uh, it. so that's
0: under. um that's Barnes from um that's Barnes from Cannibal Corpse. Okay. Uh, so he he was the original singer for Cannibal Corpse before uh Webster stepped. Am I getting this round the wrong way? Webster's the current singer of Cannibal Corpse with a yeah. crazy neck.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, no. No, No. No, sorry, George, Sorry, yeah, Fisher is the uh, one with the crazy name. I think, how do I, yeah, so Chris Barnes was the original singer for for Cannibal Corpse, but after a while he kind of branched off to uh, Six Feet Under, and I don't think there was any, because there's quite a lot of, as we, I mean, you've already heard it, there was quite a lot of shit talking going on in the uh, the Florida scene, but I think that they were they were quite happy with the the split that they ended up having.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I assume so. And mm. then there's hate eternal, but that's for another day. Yeah, that all of that stuff, like it, it's continued and yeah. it's progressed and it's moved on from where it is right now. Yeah, and um, just
0: to just to kind of like almost finish off. Uh, we mentioned it before in terms of bands that kind of their 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 quality declined over the years. The one that didn't is certainly death. And for me, having listened to to records like leprosy, I'd probably still say that my favorite record by them is their final record, which is the uh, yeah. the sound of perseverance and I'd like yeah, I think that that it feels like I think the reason why. I enjoy it so much as it feels like the record that Chuck was always striving to create. I think
1: Chuck was always open to the like, to dudes from Cynic and Atheist, like, helping him out. Yeah. Like, they, they showed him stuff, and yeah. so he sort of took uh, it on
0: board. And because they, they had a bit of a revolving door of musicians, so... Chuck was always was always the main driver of the band and they had different people coming in and out. And to be honest, I think it's quite a lot of it is people couldn't keep up with him because he was so creative and he was so inventive with what he was...
1: He's kind of like um, the... Uh, what is it? Brian Rogers? Who's the guy from Beach Boys? Uh,
0: Brian... Um, Brian. Brian, our mate Brian.
1: Yeah, who didn't even want to go on tour. The same thing happened with Death.
0: There's a very good film about that. Yeah, Paul Dion, uh, and
1: John Cusack.
0: Yeah. Uh, Paul Dando
1: and Joel Cusack. Yeah. John, John Cusack. Uh, Matt, your cat's up. I think that's a... Uh, I think that's a sign that That's a, a sign that, that we need to get the fuck out of here.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, all worthwhile bands are worth checking. So, <laughs> <laughs> of course... We just spent spent an hour and a half talking about it, so you might as well do some research of your own. Um, So where can people find us, Tom? Can we get this cat to fuck off?
1: Okay, so you can find us on... We haven't iTunes. done this in a while. You've forgotten. Yeah, I know. You can find us on iTunes at X and Ferris, a Heavy Metal Podcast. You can find us on SoundCloud at X and Ferris, a Heavy Metal Podcast. You can find us on Instagram at X and Ferris, a Heavy Metal Podcast. You can find us on uh, Facebook X and Ferris, a Heavy Metal Podcast. Uh, you can email us at X in at gmail.com. Yep. We really do want to hear from you. Uh, we do more Choice Cuts, which is our segment that is supposed to be weekly where we um, show new music and music that we've been listening to. Um, if you guys want to send us demos uh, of your stuff, we will definitely listen to it. Uh, if it is good enough, or even if it's fucking terrible, we will probably air it. So,
0: Or if you have it. any Chuck Sheldina erotic fan fiction we can oh, trade yes, please yeah.
1: uh is there anything else that people can find us on uh i realized that there's a lot of podcast platforms that you can actually find x and ferris to heavy metal podcast on now you just have to type it in and you we will be there yeah. um anything else anything else spring cleaning kind of stuff